On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I tell the story of running my first ever 5K. I explain why the prospect of having no plans this year is actually really exciting. And I discuss why having a tendency to prefer taking action will always leave you in a stronger position in life. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 161 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I share the lessons I wish I knew sooner. Think of this as me learning out loud, sometimes on my own and sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, the YouTube video is going to be out a little bit later than usual this week because I've got stuff to do. Um, But if you are watching on YouTube, you'll be thinking, wow, Sean, you look really red and worn out and your hair is really greasy and you look like you've just been for a run. And if you're thinking all of those things, you would be right. And if you're not watching on YouTube, just imagine me looking very worn out. I have just done my first ever 5k run, actual 5k. So no walking in between, no stopping, no like really slow, partial walking, partial running, like a full on, got my trainers on, drove to a park, ran for five kilometers, did not stop until Strava on my watch past 5k and then stopped. And that is the longest I have ran both in distance and duration ever in my life. And it was a complete mental battle. Uh, Obviously, as you will know, if you listened last week or a few weeks ago, uh, I had this injured ankle for three weeks. Um, And it was bothering me at the time that I couldn't get out there and like carry on making progress as I had been. So I was following the couch to 5k app for six weeks and I'd got up to like three kilometers of running about 20 minutes of running uh, duration wise. But when I got back into it, uh, I did one run the other day, which was very gentle just to see how my ankle was. And then I changed up location this time around and I went to a park rather than this river path down by the office. So somewhere with flatter, more intentional paths, um, just a bit more of a vibe and more people. And it just carried me through. I, in theory, leapfrogged weeks six, seven, eight and nine of Couch to 5k um, and went straight to running the 5k. And I don't think that I'll be running 5k every time I go for a run in the short term, because of course I need to build up slowly towards this half marathon, but it felt good. It just felt right today. Um, I've been in the office all week. I've been very busy. It's been very productive. Um, but you know, my, my nutrition has been okay. My sleep has been really good. Things like hydration have been on point. I've got those new trainers. I got the Hoka Clifton nines, I think they're called. If that means anything to you, it means nothing to me, but I was told they were good running trainers. So I bought those. Um, Just everything kind of felt right. And then we got some news in the office today that was less than ideal. And so I was in this kind of uh, like fixing mode, if you like, Um, just fixing things in the office, sorting stuff out. And then that energy kind of bled across into when it was time for me to go to my run. I thought, fuck it, let's just go all out, right? Let's just actually do the thing. And so that's what I did. And I'm buzzing. I'm really happy. Um, I haven't had a chance to get changed yet. Hence, still in my running gear. My hair is still a little bit wet from the fact that it's chucking it down out there. But it was good. And also, this implicit social pressure that I found myself in the middle of. Because 
like I say, I went to this big park where there's every few weeks, I think like an official park run there. There's like a route and all sorts. Uh, and there were two massive running clubs there at the time, just by chance. I didn't even know that running clubs that big were a thing, let alone that two of them would meet at the same time in the same park on the same day. So there was like 75 to a hundred runners in that park. Um, some going in my direction, some going in the other direction, a big group like stretching and getting ready to run. And being surrounded by that many people who were running, some faster than me, some slower than me, um, some kind of level with me at moments, it just felt nice, right? Because I don't see anybody on my runs normally. When I'm back home, I run along an A road between two towns on a path, which I have no idea why it's there because nobody uses it. Um, and then when I'm here in Wales, a river path where you occasionally see the odd cyclist, but like you don't really see people running. Being in this big open park and it's chucking it down with rain and I've had this like stressful, unideal day, it just felt right. And so I did it and I'm happy. And I know that if you're a runner, it's not the greatest achievement in the world. I think I did it in like 28 minutes and four seconds, which I'm told is a good pace for the, the level I'm at right now. Um, but it's just nice because it's this thing that I've been working towards and aiming towards for a while now. And two runs after being out injured for three weeks, I didn't expect to go and do it today, but I did. And it was nice. And also the strain score in my whoop app is at like 18 right now. I didn't even know it goes that high, but it seems that having your heart rate at like 180 BPM for 30 minutes, um, plus the recovery time is something that whoop considers a lot of strain. So that's that's unusual. I've never seen that. I didn't actually know it went around as much as it did. If you have a Whoop app, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you won't. However, on the topic of Whoop, um, you know if you listened last week that I have been looking to dial in my sleep and wake times in order to be better at waking up and getting up out of bed in the mornings. Because like I mentioned last week, I find the mornings really productive. And I schedule my days typically from around 7am onwards. And so on the days when I can get up at 7am and do all of my morning routine stuff in the morning, I have a really productive day on the days when I fall back asleep or don't get up with my alarm or can't be bothered getting out of bed or whatever it might be. And I get up at like nine or half nine, even my entire schedule gets pushed down or there are things in the morning that I just don't do right. I won't go to the gym and I won't listen to an audiobook and I won't have a good breakfast or whatever it might be. So Trying to wake up early is a big mission of mine right now. And we're halfway there, I would say. Since we spoke last week, lots of good progress has been made on the sleep hygiene part of this puzzle. It hasn't yet quite translated into waking up at 7am and getting out of bed yet. So I'm not sure how we track this progress here, but things like getting out of bed and getting AM sunlight, as of course, Andrew Huberman speaks about the idea that every single morning as early as possible uh, to help with your like cortisol and all these things I don't pretend to understand, um, getting outside into AM sunlight. Um, I have no caffeine after 1pm right now, which is helping because I feel tired in the evenings. Um, leaving the office by 9pm, which I'm going to miss for the first time tonight. It's 20 to 9 right now as I record this and I'm going to get a red box in my little habit tracking spreadsheet. But generally speaking, trying to get out of the office by 9 because there's always the temptation when you run your own business and I make this content and kind of my input in whatever I do directly results in results. It's really tempting to stay in the office all night. But 
if I'm staying in the office till 11, half 11, and then not getting up till half nine, 10, that's not actually more productive. It's just the illusion of more productivity. So this week I've been forcing myself to leave the office by nine and it's actually been nice. It's been nice to, that probably sounds ridiculous if you have a nine to five, that it's nice to leave the office by nine, but it's been nice to, to realize that that hard deadline is coming up because never once in my life have I set a hard deadline of like, okay, now I finish working, right? I don't have a girlfriend. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have, you know, like a hobby that begins immediately after I finish work as Thomas Frank recommended a few weeks ago on the podcast. So there's no real excuse other than on the odd day when I have plans for me to leave the office at any point, frankly, right? I can stay here all the time and do as much as I can, but it's been nice to have that hard deadline where I'm like, okay, I know that 8 p.m., 9 p.m. is rolling around. I need to just decide what to do, plan tomorrow, tidy my desk, get things ready, pack my bag and leave and be out the door by nine. That has been nice. Um, Sleep time and sleep duration are two other things I'm focusing on. So I'm trying to be in bed by like 10 past 11 and trying to wake up currently at half past seven. So I'm giving myself just over eight hours of sleep opportunity. Um, The problem right now and the reason why it hasn't yet translated into the early awake time is I'm shifting my circadian rhythm by a good like three and a half hours really if I look at when I was previously sleeping forget getting into bed sleeping and when I was previously waking up it isn't like a two-day thing right I've essentially jet-lagged myself by um, trying to get up earlier so shifting that by a few minutes every night I will eventually get to the point where I'm comfortable waking up at half seven but right now it's a lot of getting into bed at 11 with no phone in the bed by the way still following that rule the phone doesn't come into the bed no screen devices go into my bed period that has been helpful to encourage me to actually want to get to sleep however it hasn't yet translated me to me falling asleep. I just kind of lie there wide awake for a while but we're working on that one and then also the whoop has this interesting like alarm that vibrates at the optimal point in your sleep cycle. I think the Apple Watch does the same as well to wake you up. I've been trying that. It's not super useful, but it's all very interesting. Um, I've been sleeping a lot. If you look at the sleep duration that I've been tracking, it's like eight and a half to nine hours every night. And I don't know why I need so much sleep. I know that sounds ridiculous, but you see people who at least claim that they can get by, they can function on like six hours sleep, maybe seven hours sleep left to my own devices to sleep for a duration which feels sufficient for me to feel rested we're talking like eight to nine hours so maybe that's just my what's the word chronology i believe is the word like are you a night owl are you a morning whatever the morning thing is like i guess that's just kind of some sort of genetic predisposition that i have that i need a lot of sleep who knows um but that's where we're at with that um, bit of a season of focus with the business right now as I fly through these random updates as my uh, my deadline to leave the office approaches. Like I say, got some news today which is just going to require action to uh, counter, counter is the wrong word, sort, fix, right? Business things happen and you need to work to overcome them and we got some of that news today and it's life and it's all okay but it just means that this kind of season of, what do I call it? I can't remember what I called it before, essentially a season of doing everything that I need to do. Um, Adherence season, I think I called it. That's about to be doubled down upon because it's just really important that we're hitting certain things right now and that I'm getting done the things I need to and this and that. So excited in a weird way 
for the next few months because although they'll be in some ways um, more stressful than they otherwise would be, one of a better phrase, that's kind of why you do this business thing, right? That's, I mean, no sane person would choose to run a business. And I have this conversation with business owners constantly. I was out with a, a former client a few weeks ago and we were speaking about this. Like the, the upsides of business are amazing, but there are also so many unseen stresses and difficulties and decisions and late nights and just things that somebody who doesn't run a business wouldn't even consider. Like they wouldn't even realize occurs all the time to everybody who runs a business, right? It's, it's like you have to be spinning so many plates at once. And I quite like that. And so in a way, I'm excited to get back down to doing that in some ways because I've got nothing else planned this quarter, frankly. I literally have nothing else planned. I was just thinking this. There is nothing actually in my calendar, events-wise, other than a couple of podcast recordings. I have no gigs. I have no travel plans. And actually, I have no plans yet for the rest of the year. I literally have no holidays planned, no travel planned, no trips, no gigs, no birthdays, no weddings, nothing like that. And so although, of course, I'll take the opportunities as they come, I'm somewhat tempted, at least for as long as I'm in this kind of getting shit done mode, to just kind of embrace that for a year or at least for the majority of the year. Like I'm sure I'll do something in the summer to break up this part of the year before we get into Christmas and that gets hectic again. But we're almost in May. Like we're fast approaching the half point, halfway point of the year already. And I see no reason currently in this year of life right now to slow down. Um, like a few years ago, 2019, for example, lots of travel, lots of gigs, lots of exciting stuff. Last year, to some extent, actually, lots of travel, lots of gigs, lots of exciting stuff. This year, just by chance, hasn't yet shaped up to be like that. Don't get me wrong, I've gone to a lot of gigs and I'm sure there are many more gigs that I will go to, but this hasn't yet been one of those like really distracted all over the place can't kind of catch a break because things keep changing and moving years. This has been so far at least a, a good year of focus and intention and kind of leaning into the doing rather than the planning or the conceptual or the delaying or you know what I mean. Like I'm just doing more doing this year and I'm quite enjoying it. So for as long as this year continues to shape up as a year where there is little else planned, little else other than the opportunity to get stuff done planned, I will lean into it. I don't even know what I just said in that last sentence. That was a car crash, but I hope you know what I mean. Um, and the last thing I want to cover very quickly, ironically, is the concept of knowing what I mean, because I posted a video on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube the other day. And TikTok just seemed to not understand what I was saying. So I was speaking about the premise of in any pursuit in life, just beginning puts you ahead of most other people. And therefore, if you're concerned that if you start something, you'll be below average, you have to zoom out and look at the population as a whole, because just beginning that first step on a run, that first day in the gym, the first sale you make as a business puts you, when you zoom out, ahead of most other people immediately, right? And so the hook in this TikTok was like, um, there's this crazy stat that I keep coming back to, which is that only 14% of people in the UK have a gym membership, which means if you've been to the gym once this year ever, you're ahead of 86% of people. Obviously, ahead of 86% of people in the context of going to the gym. That's really obvious 
to you and I, I'm sure, right? And I had like eight random shitty comments of people being like, are you saying that if we don't go to the gym, we're bad people? There are other ways to work out. Gym memberships are expensive. And I'm like, fucking hell, has anybody watched the video where the the next 40 seconds explain that that's clearly an analogy, right? And I'm talking more generally about the idea that taking the first step towards something that you want to do. It doesn't have to be going to the gym. If you don't want to go to the gym ever in your life, don't. That's fine. It doesn't make you a lesser person. But in whatever it is you want to do, taking the first step will immediately and irreversibly put you ahead of most other people. And so I think it's a huge motivator for people who are worried about their lack of progress or their potential inability or the fact that they won't be very good at something to begin with to realize that in beginning, in the act of beginning, they become better at that particular thing than most. They become more confident in that particular area than most, right? Because if you can be in the top 14% of the population just by going to the gym once, that's a lot more enticing. That's a lot more of an empowering message, I think, than being in the bottom 1% of the gym going population the first time you go into a gym, right? And so I was talking about this idea of being above average just by doing, and I don't know, it seemed to be well received generally, right? Because across YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, it probably had, what do they do these days? Like two and a half thousand views. And I assume that the silent majority of people who watched it got it. And it's only the, those who didn't get it who commented. So I hope that if you watched it, you did understand the point I'm trying to make, not to defend myself or protect myself, right? People can say what they want about my videos. Like they do often on TikTok and it's humorous and it's great. But I just thought that particular one was a, it was a shame to see that one misunderstood because I believe that the people who are most likely to leave negative comments anonymously on the internet through a random app are those who probably need to hear advice like that the most, right? They are the people who need to hear the you can empower yourself through very easy decisions. You can change the odds of you being good at something. You can change your chances in life. You can change your outcomes for the most part just by beginning, right? Because an object in motion remains in motion. This, this whole idea of momentum that I always speak about. You go to the gym three times. I challenge you not to want to go back. On average, I'm sure some people won't. You go for, I don't know, free runs on couch to 5k like I did. I challenge you not to think actually this is a lot of fun. You go on a couple of dates for the first time in years because maybe you've just come out of a long-term relationship. I challenge you to re- to not realize in that moment, actually, there are a lot of interesting people out there. Actually, I am a good person who does deserve attention and praise and whatever else you might feel like you're not worthy of right now. There is this annoying tendency among so many people, it seems, to sway towards inaction through some sort of lack of confidence, some sort of cynicism. And it is just that mindset and nothing else that's holding them back. Because the second you begin, you attract people who are like you, right? You pull in opportunities, you become better at the thing, you grow in confidence, you grow as a person and your life just gets better. If there's like a single thing I've learned over the past decade of my life, it's that doing the thing, as I always say, my background on my phone is do the thing. Doing the thing is the answer to like 99% of your problems, right? I just spoke about the challenge that we're going to be facing in the business because of a um, an external decision. Doing the thing that we need to do 
will fix that quite quickly, right? Learning to run because I had the Cardiff Half Marathon in October. Doing the thing like I did today will get me to that finish line. In every single situation that I have ever faced, leaning towards having a tendency to be somebody who takes action will always serve you more than not. And I think what stops people from taking action is they think that they're not yet good enough, right? They think that they will be too low down in the pecking order to want to begin that thing. When you zoom out, you realize that starting puts you ahead of most people. That is why I think that TikTok was important. But of course, you only get 60 seconds, so I couldn't ramble like that. I hope, however, that if you've listened to this, you know what I mean. And if you're not already living that way, I, I honestly believe that just having a tendency towards picking action over inaction will change your life many times over. Um, that's all I got for today. It is, God, my eyesight is bad. It is 53 minutes past eight. So I might just about be out of here by 9 p.m. I need to edit this very quickly, chuck it up, and then I'm going to do the YouTube video tomorrow at some point. So I, I mean, if you're watching the YouTube video, it's up clearly. But if you're listening to this on Spotify, it will be up like Friday afternoon, Saturday, something like that. Um, I'm going to leave the podcast set up as it is right now because tomorrow morning I'm speaking with Danny Buck, founder of Brand Builder, who own brands like Crafted London, tens of millions of pounds in revenue. Really interesting story. Hugely insightful guy. Very excited for that conversation. I can't tell you exactly when that'll be out. Probably in a couple of Wednesdays time. Because of course, if you were here last week, you know that guest episodes are now randomly dotted in on Wednesdays and that there'll be an episode like this every Friday. That's everything I've got. Thank you as always for listening. I hope you have a good week and I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 162 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.